0: Well, good day. I couldn't figure out what time of day it was there for a minute. <laughs> and welcome night. to another episode. It's only of- four
1: o'clock. It's almost night.
0: It's almost so. Oh, oh, another episode of Ask Me and You. Um, <laughs> exactly. Wait, no, I'm sorry. Ask uh, what's it called again? And the points don't matter. The points because
1: don't mom matter. And dad and points don't matter.
0: The points don't. Ask Mom and Dad, whereas I am the dad. This is not a gender fluid relationship. We are the same gender. What? <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of those days. <laughs> We're
1: definitely different, and we are mom and dad according to our. I do
0: want to begin with a coffee alert. I had um, two cups of coffee, and you reminded me that my uh, recently that my coffee mug is actually two cups of coffee. So I have had uh, yours four is more cups like of four. Yeah, yeah, so I've had four cups of wait, one mug is for, for a cup.
1: Yeah, because it's pretty much. Are
0: you saying that I've 20 had twenty ounces? Or so. Eight eight <laughs> cups of coffee today,
1: four, possibly yes.
0: Oh, I feel sorry for everyone I've talked to today, <laughs> <clears throat> outside of this household or for the fact that some people are still trying to process what went by them so fast. Mm -hmm. They're unsure what went by them so fast. I I just, anyway, welcome to another episode of Ask Mom and Dad, where we sit down and talk about stuff that's on our mind of no relevant importance to anyone but us, and hopefully to all...
1: Our children eventually, one day. Whoever one day will look
0: back. Yeah, because we're really doing this podcast posthumously. If you're watching this, we're probably already dead. Uh, No, that's a different different thing altogether as well um anyway
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i told you there's a coffee
0: i don't know what's going to happen here but it's going to be interesting um so we do this and we treat the questions and answers the same way as uh, we did when we had kids living at home with us which we still have one who is technically a child and told me yesterday if i referred to him as an adult before he was actually an adult it was making him insecure or something along those lines (laughs) So no, <laughs> he's a, he was also my engineer going. No, that's not what I said. Basically, he told me I couldn't call him an adult until he was one. But I think I my words. You, were just spin, you were just spinning. You were just spinning responsibilities. What you were doing. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, um, I can do at 17. Yeah, he's still 17. So just for the record, and he's still single. Girls, look him up. Um, I hate you. He hates me. <laughs> so with that, with that being said, we answer the questions that come to us the same way we did when the kids came to us with questions, which is without any prior research um, or thought processes. <laughs> they just come with questions and we're like, uh, ask your reference other spouse. spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, so we take them out as best we can. But I want to begin today with uh, a couple of tweets, the funniest tweets from this week dated well October 23rd through 29th but the funny tweets were this particular week so we this is while this is Christmas December 1st I should have done funny Christmas tweets I can look that up in a minute but I thought this was great it says this is that time of season where my kids are mad at me for the house being cold while they're literally only wearing underwear (laughs) (coughs) which I think is hilarious Um, and then this is uh, one said this is not my husband calling me from the ballet studio because he can't remember the stranger danger password and my daughter won't go home with him Oops. That's funny that some child was so serious about Stranger Danger, she probably knew it was her dad, but nope, not until you answer it. I could just see a little girl being catty about that, don't you think? No? Yes.
1: Uh, possibly. Possibly. One of yours, at least.
0: <laughs> Before I had kids, I thought there were like 20 kinds of dinosaurs total. <laughs> now I know there are 800, and my three-year-old would like to be every single one of them for Halloween. Please, in his preferred color scheme. <laughs> Not to brag, but my husband, excuse me, but my baby thinks I'm the funniest person in my house. And if there's any smartness, her husband also thinks that she is the funniest person in the house. Um, anyway, so those there's probably more to these things. And I kind of really want to look up Christmas funny things because I didn't realize I was just, I just Googled out of funness. What are some funny things this week? And apparently nobody has said anything funny parents. since October. You want a
1: funny parent. Yeah, I want what right? parents so say my kids. We well, used yeah. to write down funny. Those th- last times parents had a funny thought. There has September. been, since, <laughs> since the
0: holidays have, have started, since the first holiday of the year, when Christmas lights go up, better known as Halloween, um, we uh, have had nothing funny happen since then. I mean, maybe not. But we did that with our kids. We tried to keep up some. Did we have a little phrase book where we used to keep up with all the funny things that, that our kids said? And yeah, I used it? to
1: write down the things they would say that made me laugh because... I knew I'd never remember them, and it, they're right. I don't remember we don't except remember the them. ones that I, we wrote down. <laughs> well, which what's the aren't reason? Very I, many.
0: The reason I looked this up was because I, I shared with you before we, we went on to the air was um, that I was looking through pictures last night from this all the way back to like when we were twenty. I know that we were, I was in my twenties because I had majority brown hair, and um, and it was a picture of me just making a face that. like you know like this, <laughs> and um, and my kid. It, it what's beautiful about it. it was in it was in. A, that was your a surprise, child, a young scary, child, hamburger.
1: about to run out the door, friend. Well, I was
0: actually face. dressed for photo shoot. So we were—I think it was when we were out doing like our family photos oh, in the yeah. in the remember the falls yeah, in Wisconsin?
1: Yeah, when we went to Ikea.
0: No, 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 no. The falls, <laughs> the falls in Wisconsin. Where oh, we'd that go was up a long time ago. And going. I would do stupid stuff like make you wear your headphone mic and sing in the in the wilderness so that you look like you were rocking out in a music video. <laughs>
1: yeah, I remember that. You do? I found those pictures. But I remember in Phoenix, those are we couldn't pictures. find anything except a cactus. Except a cactus. So we would go to Ikea because.
0: That was Arizona. I'm no, talking about Wisconsin. Yeah, on the back, that... on the back of mine. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, but the point of the so I looked up funny things my parents said or parent tweets because my child wrote on the back of my, that picture of me making that face, "Daddy on sugar," <laughs> and I thought, "Ah, oh, humor begins young." <laughs> there that's we go.
1: With your kids.
0: Mm hmm. How about this one? Here's a tweet that I think is worth. Schools need to make Spirit Day that's easy for parents, like. My mom forgot it was school spirit day day, (laughs) which is a good one. If you're going to gift card, gift a child, a craft kit, then you also have to do the craft with them. It's the law.
1: (laughs) (laughs) At least from the kid's perspective.
0: Yes. um, That'd be the
1: whole point. They don't want to do a craft unless they're doing it with you anyway.
0: Yeah. I can't really read the language on this one. What kind of blankery is this? That's me helping my son with his math homework. Mm-hmm. um
1: speaking of crafts go ahead one of the one i remember doing with my mom was valentine's day which i still don't really it's really not my favorite holiday but i remember those days with fondness
0: <laughs> doing crafts um, with our kids
1: no my mother i said oh doing crafts, doing crafts with my yes, mother yes yes i remember she was big on that's uh and she still do, does crafts now and then she doesn't realize she's doing it i don't think but she likes to do little diddly things and send them to My kids growing up, she did all the time little um, uh, things for them to learn in school and such, like a a page with cut out from a magazine, different kinds of plants and stuff. I just love that. But we did Valentine's days like hearts springing up off the page and some stuff like that. It Was kind of fun. Um, That
0: is kind of fun. I can't remember ever doing crafts with my parents. I now feel like a dejected child who never had any life
1: play you did a lawn mowing with your dad or something
0: yeah that was my dad's idea of crafts why don't you go out there and shape the front yard a little bit there you go how am i going to shape that dad here's a pair of scissors no i'm just kidding use the lawnmower (laughs) don't mind the fact that the hill is an 80 uh, 90 degree angle just kind of hold it down let it down with a rope and then pull Mm -hmm. it back up oh no wait better yet walk at an angle and as you walk at an angle it will work out better for you that's how these things worked out meanwhile um I'm talking and (laughs) not on camera. What's going on? (laughs) I'm (laughs) glad this is a video. I'm Mm -hmm. too bright. I am very intelligent. Thank you for pointing that out.
1: (laughs) Bright as in your hair is too. You can turn
0: the. You can actually turn the the light down. That's what I was looking for. There's a knob to turn the light. Turn the light down. If you're looking for that, there there it is. There you go.
1: So I thought we might ought to talk a little bit about the challenge kids or families are facing these days with deciding to try to homeschool in the face of public um, school being such a poor option these days. I think it has been uh, different at different times, but um, it's getting worse and worse, and people are starting to notice it. And it occurred to me the other night that... um, In our homeschooling days, it wasn't perfect scenarios even for us. I know there are parents out there afraid of stuff like uh, disabilities or things that might cause their child not to have, um, like, learning uh, issues or problems or even health issues such as ADHD, which kind of is a little bit of both. You mean afraid because they don't think they can handle
0: it if the child has these issues?
1: Just wondering, yeah, if they find those to be challenges there genuinely concerned about, so therefore they're not going to want to homeschool because of these things, or if they meet these challenges, either tempted to give up or tempted to be concerned about it. I I woke up thinking about that the other day, that I wish parents could have been flies on the wall for our homeschooling days, because to me, there were definite challenges like that, but I would not put them, I would never have wanted my children... Uh, Number one, diagnosed, because diagnosed, all it does is kind of give you some sort of label that either makes you think you might can... We
0: can diagnose all of our children right now without any doctors. (laughs) I mean, we had pretty much all of them. All of them are ADHD. They all
1: have some form of attention deficit, especially when you're trying to read to them very long term. Well, I've discovered that (laughs) children
0: in general have an attention deficit disorder. (laughs) It starts that way. The only attention that they want in the early days is... To be the focus of your Have attention. your
1: full attention. Yes, yes And true. to
0: give you attention is, is a challenge. But I
1: mean, not to make light of parents' challenges, because there are quite a few challenges <laughs> of any kind. And I would say, just like in a marriage, what you do is you commit to do this. And mm-hmm. the challenges you face are going to be there no matter what, whether you are at home trying to educate them, trying to send them to somebody else to educate them, or... And still, you know, maintain some sort of normalcy at home, or and and kids are going to end up in accidents. They're going to end up in uh, with issues like illnesses we're, we're dealing right now with. Should parents vaccinate their children before they send them to public school for a for a genuine illness illness that at this current time is not does not affect them very deep, you know, very extremely at all, except in really really small cases. So it. I understand the challenge of these things. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I know that we had a child with um we had two children with extreme eczema which caused them a lot of pain and and bloody hands and we still have things one of that them. we <laughs> well one of them's still at home. The other one we, but got, we got rid had, of quietly we had we had issues anything. that like when we went to dance her her bloody legs would come through her tights. I mean it was it was stuff like that that you were worried about. People seeing and assessing things that weren't true, and sometimes they would even ask the child, "You know, what do you have? Like, are you <laughs> contagious? Basically, those kinds of things." But those are challenges, just because you have children, is what I try am trying to get at. They're children's struggles. There are some. Worse than others. There are definitely some that we did not have to face. And I praise the Lord that I, that we didn't, but I don't know what we would have done possibly, you know, in those severe cases. And I, I feel for parents who have to deal with that. But we did have some definite issues. We have one still who would be diagnosed dyslexic who really never learned to read well. He still doesn't consider himself a reader at all. And I, and we tried many different angles to try to teach him to read. But yet,
0: when tested, turned out and, to be quite intelligent. He well, didn't I think he say, was smart because Very
1: successful, especially because God ended up pointing him to the the right direction in a, in a job that really fits his skills. I, I, my thoughts are from that situation that even though he couldn't read well, he developed a, an ability to listen very well and to regurgitate oh, okay. what he could hear. True. So because of that, the line of work he's in right now is very, it's angled toward that in an extreme way. And it's fascinating to me that that, that became a skill. he's an a audio skill. engineer? Yeah. Point. Not a, not a, a sense, music recording
0: audio engineer. He finds no, hidden No, he things. uses
1: audio. And it's in the military, so it, it's a precision thing. So it's it's really fascinating to me that God developed that in him. Where he didn't necessarily need to read well, maybe. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that I didn't want him to. It doesn't mean that we didn't well, try a hundred times and get frustrated by it a hundred times. Yeah. And then, I'm trying to clear. give reassurance to parents that I did try and we tried a million different things and different curriculums even. And none of it did he respond to well. I didn't have him diagnosed, but I believe if he would have gone into the public system, he would have been. But
0: he's But he's literate. He reads well. I mean, he, he does no, read. Well, he reads. Right. Well, here's what I want to get at. He's he reads com- well. Does
1: not confidently, and he struggles. still.
0: Well, part of it though is get. I'm, I I know that he still struggles with words, and that's he doesn't like to read because sometimes the letters are turned around or whatever the dyslexia does to you. But what I'm getting at is, we found ways to get him to read, and to develop. It's not like he. You were talking. So the the idea is.
1: Yeah, one of the ways children, that children.
0: We were probably going to suggest what I was going to say too, but maybe not. No, one of the ways we got him to way. read, yeah. was to give him comic books. He liked yeah. comic books. He did, and so he would work at the the phrasing and the words and the things that in comics, which means sometimes those words were words that were made up, names of characters and whatever. But he would he would read comic. Well, books. Well, we gave him
1: the Bible version too. There's the yeah, we do. <laughs> comic version. Here's the, the Bible.
0: Bible in comics.
1: <laughs> but he, I think he got one too. Um, he uh, he had one first. He, I think he was spurred on by that because of the pictures he wanted to try to l- learn. But he also was able to figure out more. So he, I, he had developed his cognitive abilities one way or another. He still doesn't feel confident at reading, but he does. He did definitely start to um, do some reading. It was more about instructions. I would tell teachers when he finally did go into high school, um, public high school, the teachers, if they would remember to read the instructions to him, he would remember them really well and, and do what he was asked to yeah, do. Yeah, that was
0: one of the things, interestingly, about our kids is not all of them homeschooled throughout. We had, I think we've talked about this before, so we did have to figure out how to take what we had learned about schooling our kids and put them and carry those over into their education because the, into their uh, public education. Well, we that was another
1: out. angle that I wanted to talk about. I I didn't have a lot of confidence teaching-wise. There was all the rumors of, you know, there'll be a gaps or there'll be, I mean, learning gaps or there'll be this or that that a parent's good at and this or that they're, they're not. And you're going to have to get other teachers to teach them these things. But I, I guess what I would, what I would concentrate on is the fact that there, that wasn't the focus. To me, that, they're going to learn what they need to learn. And I, I got some reassurance from that, from other parents, and some parents who literally did that did the idea of unschooling, where they just kind of walked their children through life with them, and then the, the children caught what they needed to. Those kids, even the ones we knew, did learn to read and well, did learn to do what, math, but they learned to do it practically along the what way. unschooling is. I, you did I was explaining a little a bit, bit,
0: but just if you had to put it into a... a- quick phrase what it was well you it said was you were not, explaining um, it but you were kind of in the context of it i'm just if you had to define it then go for it further because go ahead i'm sorry it was
1: not a specific specified curriculum they did not ever really sit down and do quote school at around the table they did projects they did interactions with others the mom would sit on the sofa maybe and watch a documentary and invite a child to watch it with her or not, that kind of thing. It was it was very undefined. They so, but they might do um, say they bake a cake, and as they're making a cake, they'll watch the fractions and do the um, specified um, things, so the child learns some practical applications of what they're learning. But at the same time, not calling it math necessarily. So basically, that, they I were think. as so they they kind
0: of had the the philosophies like as you move through the rhythms of everyday life. The parent is the teach as the teacher is looking for opportunities within that to direct an educational experience.
1: Exactly. So
0: it's kind of like I desperately wanted when you said they watch the fractions. I wanted to ask if that came before or after the Flintstones, but that was <laughs> that's no longer funny. But it was funny to me.
1: Well, you know, we learned mind. about. The bill or whatever through uh, <laughs> I'm just a bill, yeah. just
0: a little old bill. I'm them. sitting here on Capitol Hill, see, I can still remember those things. Some of then. those, yeah, so the schoolhouse rock things, which are irrelevant the way we govern these days. Well, I'm just, that uh,
1: type of schooling is less concentrated on memorizing things, which is really if you think about it, a lot of public education is just memorizing something so you can pass a test, basically. And then when you're done with it, you forget all of it because it never didn't apply practically. So right. An unschooling mindset was to learn practical skills and practical applications of math and of of reading and of, you know, if the child needs to read a recipe, they literally need to read the recipe. They also need to know the fractions to understand the ideas of what it's asking for in that thing. And if you're you're off, then obviously it throws things off. So it's a good idea. Not every parent feels confident of that. And all I was going to say was, I think in our home, I wanted to combine several different ideas because I love to read to my kids. Right. So that was one of my my favorite pieces, but I never wanted to feel the pressure of a specified curriculum that I feel like they had to you know, conquer or do perfectly because I knew that wasn't also practical for the number of kids we had, as well as the different age groups, as well as I didn't want them sitting at a table for literally however many hours a day because that wasn't also homeschooling to me. It was sitting on the floor, playing blocks, or it was building this or that, or going out on a walk and drawing a flower, or doing you know those kind right. of things that that would bring some of the education into their heart. I love the philosophy of Charlotte Mason, who liked that same idea. She wanted you to do small lessons with them that were life, that were uh, she called it living, um, like living books and living uh, illustrations and things like that that would bring uh, connect the child's heart to information so that they could retain it
0: what would you call a living book give me an example
1: yeah can you think so of a living book the idea was from that person's perspective such as you wouldn't learn history based on a textbook of a lot of people's telling you what happened instead you would read Abraham Lincoln talking about his own life or so-and so talking about one person and how they went and lived through life and now you know a civil you know an angle on the Civil War from the president but then you might read a Civil War um, perspective from a soldier or you might read it from a mom who stayed at home and so sent through the away, eyes of the,
0: so Dickens for example if you did uh, it's Christmas time so it's Christmas Carol you <laughs> would learn about the the way business was conducted in that time frame or what was child labor like because that was a factor I mean Dickens that was a big thing for Dickens he was addressing child labor in his books with um, the,
1: yeah,
0: um, didn't he do Oliver? He True? was
1: Oliver Twist. Yeah, Oliver Twist. He was so the same thing. He was addressing those good social issues in through. General. So you it, would, yeah, maybe study some literature through that. But that's yeah. He kind of
0: told his stories that way.
1: Handed. So it yeah.
0: makes it. But, right. but what I'm saying is, you could read that story and then because in our in our kids' lives, you know, child labor they laws, we have child. They wouldn't know what it was. So you would yeah. have to explain that whole process and what the world was like back then because we're so you know well off and entitled these days i guess but you know
1: (laughs) well and then for us it was very important for us to teach through a biblical worldview so we would teach the bible and do the same thing um here is the life of joseph and what he had to do when you know he struggled here he got treated this way by his brothers but then also he rose to leadership and here's how god used him before he, you know, when he got there, how he uh, maybe ran away from temptation, but then also uh, when he applied the, um, in the when he was leading Egypt and how he applied a tax system in order to make it through the famine. You know, those kinds of things made, made the Bible come to life, I feel like, to my kids, but also helped them practically to apply some of these not, these headier um, subjects to something that made sense, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. anyway all of all of that and starting out with the disabilities and some of the health issues and stuff is to say that parents i want parents so much out there to realize that it's more about the time they spend with you learning from you being taught what you value who you are because they're going to be they're going to be shaped by that anyway right. and the problem is if they don't walk along with you and understand and so therefore laugh with you, learn with you, cry with you somewhat, and be affected by the things you're affected by. They'll get pieces of you, and they'll want to be you because God's made him to be that way, but they'll only get, the, it'll, I feel like there's a, there's something there that will break down if they're sent off to be taught, quote-unquote, other things, you know, in this atmosphere, like a public school atmosphere, and then come home and try to figure out who you are in this Environment, in other words, to me, the whole person is being developed. As your, if they're at home and they're learning from you, and they're learning from books, and they're learning from maybe other people you value, or, like I said, the Bible that you would learn live life through or from. You know that perspective. It puts together a a world, a complete world for them. So even if they have difficulty learning, even if they have health issues that make home learning difficult or make it so that the parent is stressed or you know concerned about that i just feel like those are lower on the priorities than knowing that you as a parent are capable and and able to pass that on uh to your children you know and to teach them even to me to to value very small the actual academics and everything else yeah our
0: thing has always been character first shape character first. And we did that. And I, I think the, the phenomenon that's happening now is parents are waking up and kind of going, oh, our children are being taught things we don't necessarily share in common. Mm-hmm. And they're pulling kids out of schools. I mean, uh, the, I know there's been a there's a big stink over the Loudoun County, Virginia school system that affected the um, elections in Virginia and everything. But um, I read this morning or yesterday that their school enrollment is down double digits percentage yeah, over right. last year. I can I, th- I don't think it was quite 20% but close, which is which demonstrated that the children are either being moved to private schools or they're coming home. Well, I heard and, a
1: statistic the other day that in general, I think of the United States, that homeschooling is doubled or tripled or, or that there's close to percent or other 50% than because of covid reasons. Uh, yeah, increase. I mean, it's like it's gone Crazy. And I think it's exactly that. I think that parents are waking up to what in the world are my kids being taught? I did right. not realize. Mm. And because of COVID, and really we can thank God because of that, we have realized that.
0: Thank God for COVID. Well, say that out loud. truly,
1: we should be thankful in all things the Bible says. And it's hard to find some of those things, but this is definitely one of those. Well, People what good has come out of this difficulty? Spend, yeah. yeah. They've had to spend some time with their. Um, children they've had to realize what is my child learning and 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 now wow i kind of missed that i didn't realize you know that time that they were missing that time well what i mean by the bible says to be thankful and in all situations or to allow god to bring the good into every circumstance we deal with and this is one way he has allowed us to be our eyes to be open parents you know for them to realize that they need to be there for their kids and that their kids do need to be taught from their own value systems or this nation won't they won't be supporting what we believe is valuable
0: well real quickly on the homeschool thing let's just let's let's uh what's the word i'm looking for Let's let me summarize circle what back. Uh, exactly. circle, <laughs> let's circle back to that. <laughs> um, uh, so our approach was is the opposite of what's kind of happening in our culture. In other words, parents kind of trusted the system, put their kids in the system and they came back and they're now pulling their kids out of the system. Um, which could vary is is a good thing, not just not because the system is bad. Although there are questions, there are good systems and bad systems and across this country. There there are some places where the school systems are better than others. Yeah. Um, the content aside, but the point of the matter is, is we had we've grown to trust our establishment systems, and because of COVID, a lot of parents have decided, whoa, whoa, wait, time out. You and I, on the other hand, had a different. We didn't take the road to homeschooling primarily part of it was we knew as pastors, we would probably be moving around a bit as ministers. We'd be moving around a bit. Um, and so we wanted to kind of have some stability in the home, but that wasn't primarily it. We started with saying, not that we don't trust want to not that we don't want to trust the system. We just want to make sure that we begin with laying a foundation before we expose our kids to the system.
1: Well, it's kind of like uh, for a while there, there was a really, and, and I know at least one of our daughters is challenged by that right now. The school system um, tried to discourage homeschool parents or, or parents at all to say you just can't offer what we can offer you you aren't capable you don't, capable. You you don't need. yeah and even one right now of our granddaughters our daughter's really fighting even her um, relatives to stand up and say that's not true i can give her everything and I can even there. There's been for a while now. Don't let anybody tell you 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 can't
0: give your child what your child needs. Well, and that's That's, what I was going to say. That's a problem. We
1: heard even from a politician recently them saying, you know, parents shouldn't even speak into the curriculum at all. What? I mean, parents are the first responsibility their children they're their first teachers they are they are the absolute ones who should be making those decisions yeah, not absolutely. anybody out there that deems themselves an expert at what these children need i'm sorry even if they have their own children they cannot decide for my child what is best what what right. god has well, said i, I think yeah. it's really
0: important to ask that, but, and to answer that question right who is the one who has the first say over what is the welfare of your child if you lived in china the state Is Mm -hmm. the one. If you live in, there are certain countries that say everything for the benefit of the the government or the yeah. state. We don't live in that world. Or we, we live in a world and and let me we say this have, even if we lived in that world, we, you and I would not live in that right. world because our foundation the sad is Jesus. It's is, is Christianity.
1: Exactly. Our political system has gone that direction so much so that like the teachers unions and all that have d- tried to declare that. Yeah, and that's there's what there is a
0: slipping in that direction and hopefully there we're has seeing been a writing of the wrong in yeah, that right exactly. now. And the, and the what needs to happen is the parents taking responsibility. I said well, you and I started out we were prescient. I want to use the word prescient because we enough in okay. the in the in the 90s, our children weren't born in the 80s we didn't have any kids <laughs> I, I don't know about right. Well,
1: uh, no, you're right. 91 three was years, number 91? one. Yeah, that's 91 right. was number one. It was For a whole lanes. world
0: world. Uh, it was a whole problem or two. Anyway, um, so our kids, we we knew very early on. Plus, you're just, you just just your general love of learning and teaching. You wanted from the get-go yeah, to be Yeah, I wanted to be able
1: to collect hands books. Exactly.
0: You just needed an excuse to walk around with books and look important. Yep. And um that's and right. I will always no, love that like you books. you are never more attractive <laughs> than when you're carrying around good old books. Um well, <laughs> Big there, books that there are be. some other things oh, okay. I think you're more attractive. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, that's my pref- my preference. Um but what I what I'm saying is we started with a foundation of we we are first responsible for our children's education. And so we took, well, okay, we seized stop. on that even early before on.
1: You, even before you finish that sentence, we are responsible for our children. Education is just a piece of it. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. So, education, right. yes, but it falls in line with all the rest of the ways that you're responsible to help your child. So, education should not be in this country. We've kind of separated it all out, kind of like you were saying about China. Communist structures or Marxist type mentalities have said this is over here. This is separate. You can feed them, but we'll teach them. And and I, I'm saying that's not true at all. That's why I was starting with the idea of any even medical issues or you know learning disabilities or any of that is still under these same categories. You um, can help your child, and you these yeah. are different areas. Well,
0: th- yeah, that's the message of you know, you are enough. Yeah. Am I enough to homeschool? I should write that right. down, Elijah, so that's the title of the podcast. <laughs> Am I enough to, to school my child?
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: and and so first and foremost, you had the child, the child, the children are in your family, that means initially they're in your custody. God has given them to you to, to take care of. You're the custodian yeah, God of the child. Um, trusted
1: that you would have that wisdom or have that right. ability to, to basically to give them back to him, which right. is...
0: Well, and, let, and let's let's say what you just said. Since you get to address, and it's God trusted you. No, not really. God gave <laughs> yeah. you that child to steward. In other words, to exactly. manage in light of His wisdom. That's right. And so, what well, we we looked at the scriptures to say that's what we want. We wanted those embedded in our children before we released them into a world. And high school seemed to be the world where a lot of when when it came <laughs> to things that our kids didn't have. Well, if they wanted to, the girls well, wanted to be in drama clubs. Yeah, and I was going to mention this a minute ago.
1: To, there are many school systems. Uh, schools though and people don't know this out there though that the laws still are pretty friendly to homeschoolers you can you can be involved in extracurricular you don't have to be Um, you don't have to be having them enrolled without and still be able to do participate in those so that is true for most of our um, states you have to stay you know consult your state laws but most of them will allow that so people don't know that well then yes um, sports and things where it takes more students to maybe, you know, accomplish this or that or whatever. Then those are things that they genuinely need, but everything else, they need that personal attention. That's what they're wanting. When you put them in a group of, you know, 30 kids, they're, they're not going to get personal attention from that teacher. They're going to get it from their other right. students.
0: Okay. And so the thing that um, the personal attention gives the child is the ability to, oh, oh there's another <laughs> it's a huge benefit. Kids learn early on when they have attention from adults, and that's their primary resource, that how to talk to adults. That was one of the things we constantly heard from um, people as we went along. Your children are just so well. They look me in the eye, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like going, you know, so so when people talk about (laughs) how do your child become socialized, I'm going, well, I don't know. They can talk to adults without any problem. I consider that socialized. Have you met some teens today? They're like. (laughs)
1: yeah <laughs> hide in a corner and yeah they soak. might
0: they would ask for your number so they could text you mm-hmm. um but anyway i socialization happened at home we, we laid the foundation so they could yeah. really socialize and it's kind of a um, top-down thing. If you can talk to an adult, any kid can talk to any other kid. And so there was never any issue. Exactly. Our kids, have, if anything, have ne- well, our kids have never had any issues being social, uh, knowing how to be social. Or
1: talking. Yeah. You they didn- definitely didn't struggle to talk.
0: No, if the room was empty, they'd fill the space. There's <laughs> right. no question about that.
1: But- and I would say our younger ones, probably less likely. You're exactly right. I feel like the older ones, um, because of our atmosphere of homeschooling, were able to um, conduct themselves... Fairly well without. cider probably better than some of our younger ones who, really probably, were conditioned by their siblings more than, <laughs> yeah. than by uh, us. Which I've read is true. Or our happen. kids,
0: our kids were, were well. We had seven and eight by the time we added to it at the <laughs> end. So we never had a problem with the crowd. So, and, <laughs> and, um, I was uh, that's just another story. I think I think what I, what I wanted to drive at though is early on when we talked about the unschooling method and the Charlotte Mason method. Um, you were more, I was more the unschooling method and you were the Charlotte <laughs> Mason method. In other words, I did very little but look for an opportunity now to get to teach them and you did all the planning. Um, <laughs> you created opportunities for me to do things. But the thing that was most cons- that, that has always been the greatest concern for me is that our children would be critical thinkers. And In and other words, yeah. I, I've always wanted my kids to question authority and I say that by saying... <laughs> That that backfired a little no. bit on me, a lot on me, actually. I think um, it was more My to kids have no said to me, authority. even as adults, don't get upset at me for asking you, Dad. You told us, you yeah. taught us how to do this. And I'm going, yeah, but right now I just need you to behave. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, well, you wanted them to know true authority, but you also wanted them to trust that it was a safe place to ask questions, to know who to figure out who they're to trust. I mean, I was thinking about this, Today And yesterday, actually, with this COVID stuff, it's so difficult these days to yeah, know who not. to trust and to figure out who it is is trustworthy in these things. I, I still don't know that it's easy to figure it out. But if you ask enough questions, someone's going to falter either in too much, too arrogant, really literally thinking they have the answers, which, you know, is not necessarily trustworthy, or... Um, to have holes in their arguments that you're going to see through. So I think there's there's ways to figure out right who who it is that um who it is ha- that kind of in a sense earns your trust because they are leaning on someone else. That's what uh, I is believe there a difference
0: it. to you? Uh, okay, let me say what I was going to say a minute ago because yeah, there's ahead. something that I wanted to um, get to. Uh, in the, the schooling the thing. I wanted them to critically think, mm-hmm. and I wanted them to question authority so that when we finally did release them into the wilderness <laughs> known as high school,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and our first, our oldest did not go to high school. He he stayed homeschooled all the way through and is the most purest homeschooling person you're going to meet, <laughs> duct tape, hats, and all. Yeah, exactly. um,
1: He didn't want to. He is, we gave his siblings
0: option. did not want to go in the store with him at the same time sometimes. <laughs> He okay. was you remember the the times oh, he, where they were like, Why don't you go on in, Josiah? We'll come in a few minutes he after. He dyed his
1: hair. He did all the cool stuff. He, he did
0: didn't. it. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, but the thing was is when my other kids went into school, they had a healthy sense of of not taking at face value everything an authority. A, a quote. I'm doing air quotes now. <laughs> authority said to them. They were they were willing to ask the questions. And as a result of that, we oftentimes had some pretty good conversations at home. Um, about things we, they did, they were teenagers in the sense that they didn't always tell us, but we were keen enough sometimes to go, what, what, where, where did you get that <laughs> yeah, idea from? And they'd that. go, um, well, this is what, or they, sometimes they'd just come back and go, this is what was said. This is what I think. And, and they were thinking about those things. And, and that's the unschooling thing. We were just kind of those, those things would unfold in our conversations. But a lot of times I was amazed at how my kids had already worked out an answer that was contrary to what they had been taught. Now it's something as simple like you know well, plus were two hearing. equals six. You're saying then, that. You know, you're they saying would've...
1: in the context of, say, a science class, they could hear the discrepancies. Is that what you're saying? They could hear things they that were questioned. Yeah, they would it. they would
0: go, that's not what I learned, or that's not what I believe about that. Um, it, I don't know how much philosophy is studied in high school but um I mean there's some of those things are just value sets that would come across, yeah. you know. Um I think yeah, Makai we put Makai the- in an arts school and she that was yeah. a very um uh, progressive, we'll mm-hmm. use that word, progressive mm-hmm. worldview, and it challenged her. And um yeah. and, and she's as an adult looks back on that and tells some pretty scary stories yeah, for her she walking struggled, through. That. But, but she did struggle. That,
1: yeah, it was good that um, and pro- probably good, even though not consistent. We pulled her out and put her in this little art school. Yeah, we just was kept... a private them. thing, and then put her back in. Yeah. So at least she didn't have, yeah, Well, a we, kind of we really you just
0: told the secret. The secret as <laughs> homeschooling parents is to constantly question everything once you get them out of your control and keep moving them around. <laughs> Pull them around. That way they're just confused, and they never <laughs> so, really plant roots anywhere but at the home. the
1: clearest so. place we saw what you're saying, actually, in a really great light, was when Josiah finally did go to a couple of college classes. Community at, college at, Yeah, community class, yeah. college class. And he knew what he was hearing was absolutely wrong. I mean he knew <laughs> he came to home question mad it. about some yeah. of the books you had to buy. And, <laughs> I like, well, I'm and some of the thing yeah, I read. statements weren't I was like
0: you sound like an old grumpy man. <laughs> oh, and I go, Oh, wait, never mind. I <laughs> know where you got that from
1: <laughs> Well, he had enough scriptural integrity, I guess, or some however you might word that right. biblical knowledge to know that these things he was hearing were not trustworthy. Like you're saying, it wasn't that he would question I hate the idea of question and authority. It was more a question of who what who are the real authorities. Well, yeah, what is the expert? It's not question
0: authority. I said air yeah. quotes. Remember, I said yeah. question <laughs> authority, air quotes. Because authority in today's generation, parents just put their kids in school. And I don't want to say that broadly. I want to say that generally. I think that is broadly. Isn't I, <laughs> um, I, I want to say that a lot of times we think that parents just put their kids in school and think, well, the school will teach them the stuff they need to yeah. know. Yeah, and then parents like are so busy chasing their own goals and dreams. And I think this was my own struggle. I was relieved yesterday I was going through, I told you I was taking pictures. And I wasn't in all of the pictures, which tells me I took you most took of the of- pictures. <laughs> yeah. But the ones I was in, besides the one I told you, I looked at myself, I said, Why do I look like an old lady? Gray <laughs> hair at young ages doesn't work out. It was and it was a really blurry <laughs> picture. I want to point that out. <laughs> uh, got pictures here. Um, anyway, um, the, I, I I was laughing earlier. I was talking to someone on the phone earlier today, and I was laughing as I'm going, I wasn't a bad dad. I was there. You know, you, get, <laughs> yeah, you kind of get like older. Like I
1: said, you took us to Ikea to take <laughs> I, pictures, <laughs> which I was I bizarre. I showed up. <laughs> it nice. I was nice. I was there.
0: I was <laughs> thinking, that's today's modern worldview of um of being a good parent. Just show up. <laughs> no, there's more to it than that. But yes, show up and be there. Well, I think generations have
1: learned it. from that, though, because there was the the quote uh greatest generation what was great about them was their work ethic and the way they taught hard work and you know but it was an era that now this like i guess these would be grandkids of that generation or whatever are trying to learn or maybe <laughs> um, grandkids also, great grandkids um that they also what's valuable is to be with kids and now in our technological age a lot of people can wa- work do hard work even from home it's not physical labor like it used to be but they're being challenged to be with their kids and that's exactly where i'm going with this i i think parents need to realize of all the jobs they've got out there of all the great things they can accomplish the absolute first one should be to pay attention and and know that they're capable of teaching their kids including any kind of uh of these challenging type situations like disabilities or, or health issues or whatever, all of that included, um, still that parent is, is capable. It's difficult. And like I said earlier, just like getting through a a marriage is difficult. I was talking to my daughter today about how, you know, there's, there's the shallowness kind of of attraction when you first meet somebody. And then there's, the beginning of marriage and how you know you have got to grow and some things are fun and some things are whatever. But it's and then the middle part is really kind of difficult. You you hit head on with a lot of the challenges of just trying to stay married, stay attracted, stay you know faithful to this situation. Yeah, you don't have to. But when you get to going. our age, well, what I want to say is that's <laughs> the hard part: raising kids, having these little ones that pull on you and
0: right, and right. challenge
1: your sleep and your. And your ability just to make it through knowing something about this is joyful, you know. On the other side of it is the deep things of marriage. And they're the deep things of of being with someone who knows you and that you trust. Whether or not communication's gotten any better, which we would probably say has <laughs> gotten worse in some ways. Because you can't hear each other as well.
0: <laughs> you can't hear you, and, <laughs> and, I, and then I can't talk. And can,
1: can't think of the words you're trying to say.
0: Get a bad case of the... But
1: what I, but I'm saying... Like even with your children, if you've made it through those times, you've gotten to the other side. There's such a deep, great thing that's going to be the benefit of that. Right. And and that's all I'm I'm really trying to say through this whole thing. What I think I woke up realizing was I want to give parents, I want to empower them that you can do this. You You can work through these things that are hard at the moment, but getting through them will be so rewarding once you get there. I mean in the middle of it you can't see it. You have to hang on to these values are important. They're so important. Right. And then later you'll see why and you'll see you'll look back and know it was worth it. But in the middle of it it feels like you're drowning or you're you know going to hit somebody or whatever there's things that are definitely. You a mean challenge. like, is it
0: punch, or you're just going to accidentally run over somebody? Yeah, whatever. I'd I'm say. generally, I'm <laughs> <In> the general. <laughs> accidentally run over somebody person. I, I want to make sure I'm clear <laughs> on those things.
1: Well, with children in child and teaching your own children, it's it's quite the um, patient stretcher and the confidence. You know, you you never feel quite what you think you ought to. But I'm just saying that the child still wants you that child still needs you Yeah, yeah and definitely. ultimately you're going to teach them everything they need to know. In reality, you can't be talked into anything that a parent cannot really teach that child. I, there are things later on that they will learn skills and stuff that other people will maybe teach them. And that's awesome. And along the way you might have access to that. But if you're with them, that's going to be even more valuable. Um, I just feel like there's so many parents that need that reassurance that like God has given you everything you need to know. Um, for life and godliness, the Bible says, "For life, that's Don't life." Go quote, life. scripture again, there like go. some sort of, and for godliness, meaning to pursue Him, you know, and that's really all this life is about. Yeah, everything else is so superficial and really, I agree, uh, <clears throat> temporary. So. The value is to really re- realize eternal values. Well, we discussed
0: okay. that earlier today. Yeah. Um, we're spending a lot of time right now in our culture trying to figure out how not to die of some variation, a variant of a variation mm-hmm. of a variant, vari- variably. <laughs>
1: of a virus, yes. Of, oh,
0: oh, there was a V in there. <laughs> right. I don't remember which one it was. It was a mental thing again. Um, yeah, when which... the reality is, you know, everyone's going to pass away. At some That's point true. or another, we're so busy worrying about this one possibility. But throughout the last couple of years, um, people have died from... L- Throughout that time, and not yeah. all of them have been, while they may have been marked down as related to the virus, that doesn't mean they all were, people have died from everything. I yeah. mean, just like throughout
1: history. And again, I've heard, so if you're on your deathbed, you don't hear anybody say, I regret not having worked more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You hear, I regret not having spent time with, right. you know, so if you, and if we are all thinking of our mortality a little bit closer these days because of these diseases, Praise God, because maybe we'll think a little deeper about what's really important. What is it really that we want to give our children? A perfect one plus one is two, or a time with me and this is what's valuable moment that you know that you can't replace. I guess what I'm trying to say. No, you
0: can't. And I've noticed that um, you know that's as our parents, you and I, as our parents age, you know, it's I I don't hear you uh, and your parents having that real brush with sickness earlier yeah. this year, um, or a couple of months ago, Yeah, uh, just the the fears that were there had nothing to do with, you know, hey, we just want them to live f- forever. We had everything to do with, I want to be with them. You, know, you were as concerned with yeah. the fact that they might suddenly not be there as you were with anything else. Um, and... Yeah. You know, you know, I'm getting out there. It's not, yeah, we know that uh, sooner or later, time. everyone's going to die. There's, there's a time appointed for all of us. And mm-hmm. it may not be in 2020 or 2021. Um, it, But it could be, you know, you could be, my dad was 50. My dad was a year younger than I am now when he passed away. Yeah. So it, it, there's any number of possibilities. And I don't feel like I should be old. I mean, I don't feel like I should be old. Sometimes well, I think I and, am, but i do not And we I all see
1: like. our life as kind of indestructible until it's not. But I'm talking about even children. You know, so many people are, are challenged by these um there was a high school shooting again yesterday and there was a um uh the Waukesha Parade disaster. Yeah. Seven children still in the hospital from that. Gosh. There's just not and at least one that was killed in it, there's just not a guarantee. No. And if we don't take things for what this <laughs> yeah. life is supposed to be we're going to regret. And that's what I'm trying to say. I don't think anybody regrets not getting this or this degree or this or this, you know, particular math yeah. uh I keep using math, but this philosophy class or this whatever. Well, but they do regret yeah. not having been with their children. Well, I'm just saying that children put in public education, you're still sending them off, you're sending them out from your home. You're you're valuing something that may be valuable but it's valuable for this life right and I'm just saying choose wisely and, and
0: that's so if we were to sum this all up because we're moving at this for a little bit be res- you have th- your main point that I think you wanted to make today is yes you have what it takes to educate your child so if you're thinking about that and anybody tells you you don't um, but don't call them names because it could be your in-laws um, or your <laughs> mother it won't be us right. but <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, we're sitting here advocating for it, but it could be people that care about you and are really expressing a concern because they were raised sure. under a different model. But be, be aware of the fact that you have everything. If, if, if you have a high school education, then you're likely to be able to pass on at least a high school education to your child. <laughs> um, if you have,
1: if I, would say, I would say it differently. If you have a Bible and you can read it, teach your child to read the Bible. If you can read, you can teach them. Literally, Bible, because yeah, God's word there. is what will last forever, the Bible says. Nothing else do True. we hear or do True. we know will last forever
0: but you took that very same scripture and you used it to teach math and you used it to teach science and I you did, used it to yeah. teach so you had so enough God will bring
1: to you and all of my mean.
0: kids when they wound up going to community college for Josiah and some of them went to high school they had enough tools uh, so, yeah. give, so them, give, them give them character give them the foundations and if you decide to insert them into the Inject them into the environment because everything's <laughs> about injection um, these days. Um, inject them into the persecu- the world environment. <laughs> they are giving them the tools so that when they're out there, they know how to um, fight off the antibodies that would come and attack. Oh wait, that's that's a different thing. Fight, to deal with to deal with whatever comes their way. That's right. Um, to ke- teach them to be critical thinkers. Um, to teach them to to flow with the rhythms that are happening around them and, and to learn to be constant learners. I yeah. think you talked a that's little right. bit about Noah um, and some of the ways he just he just soaks up. The yeah. environment around mm-hmm. them. All of our kids do. And and, and I want to add this, and I think we should close this, is your main responsibility is not that they learn how you've learned, but to look, to, maybe that's not your main responsibility, a <laughs> thing you should also consider. And you did a good job of this as a teacher.
1: Learn to be a learner. You
0: Well, you, yeah, you need to be a learner, but you taught, you learned mm-hmm. how your kids learned. Like I, you said this earlier about putting putting a, a non-reader or someone who struggles with reading. You instructed the teacher if you will tell the child this, they'll do better, because you learned the disadvantages or the disabilities or the struggles of the child. We talked about not labeling our kids early on. Sorry for my my ADHD jumping all well, the way back to the that, beginning of this.
1: I'm saying I didn't learn until later, really. Yeah, but that's my point
0: it, is you you but. didn't know it, but you managed to help help them learn. He learned along the way and doodling, they were drawing, you'd have them draw while they would yeah, I was so say, they could listen. you give them aspects. something to keep their hands, <laughs> yeah. the boys, you gave the boys something to do to keep their hands busy and the girls as and well. And Hannah. <laughs> the boys and Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> she still needs something to keep her hands busy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and in order that they could hear you when you were reading to them, and they would listen, and um, you know Josiah though, on the other hand, he would just sit there and stare at you the whole time. He he really was into it with you. Um, so that just yeah. you know how You're your saying, kids learn. You what I'm trying to say is,
1: you know your children. Better you know than your children better than students. Students.
0: anybody else. How can anyone yeah. teach them better than you when you put them into a class of thirty and there's one they they've come up with a lesson plan that yeah. is designed for everybody in the room when everybody in the room is not designed the same.
1: Well, and I'm just trying to say. Even if you don't, don't doubt and don't worry about it. Leave it in God's hands to teach them. Do the things you know to do and the things that are valuable to you. Mm-hmm. And they're going to catch those things and learn from them anyway. And they're going to find what's valuable. That What I'm trying to say is there's no, like like you just said then, there's no specifics of what each kid has to learn this, this, and this. I don't care what the government tells you. But you, especially as a Christian parent, know that God's word is the one that will last forever. So that's of utmost importance. Everything else, the Bible says, seek him first and his righteousness and all these things will be added. God will add the knowledge on they need. And I, I truly, at my very soul, believe that. I think it's hard for parents to defeat the enemy's voice around them that they're not good enough or can't can't overcome this or that obstacle. And I, I don't believe that's true. I believe God will give them the tools they need.
0: And And with so, that, you also, I would add, because it occurred to me as we're sitting here, and I was joking earlier that my parents didn't really do a whole lot. <laughs> <That> <laughs> At the end of the day, you're gonna, you're, you are still the teacher. Your kids are gonna remember the best, right? Exactly. Most of the most, no of, the people, most mm-hmm. of the people, most of the people, and you know, they ask the question, "Who is the most influential teacher in your life?" Yeah. And you're, my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Dana. You know those kinds of things. Well, the reality is this: that I just, what hit me, and as you were summing up a minute ago, um, was I can think of two significant moments in education and both of them involved my dad yeah there you go and my dad was a um, traveling salesman he wasn't there during the week at school he wasn't you know yeah. you and i were there homeschooling i was in and out you were doing most of the schooling but you'd have me involved and i was around my dad was on the road a lot mm-hmm. there's two significant moments was one was in third grade and i got in trouble with third grade teacher for sliding down the hall in my socks with my friend <laughs> And um, the teacher was hard on me, and my dad didn't appreciate that she, she was a little mm-hmm. over the top. And they took me out of that school and put me in a private school for two years. Interesting. Or I was thrown out and didn't have any choices. But as my <laughs> but third, I remember, was remember it was my rescuer. <laughs> um, I'm just having that revelation now. Maybe I was thrown out of school. I don't know. No, my dad did that, because I, and I know that's what really happened, because my mother was furious about the way they were treating me as a young man at yeah. school. The second time was when I was a young teenager and I had a coach say something mm-hmm. to me that was inappropriate because he and and I went home and told my dad. And my dad went to that coach and said everything every little boy wants his dad to tell. Way. him. Yeah. He said bad things to yeah. that coach. But coach but um well I'll off air. Um <laughs> it
1: the wasn't um, nice, it wasn't it nice.
0: Um he, he said uh my dad went in in front of that coach. I just remember going to school the next day, and I've never had anybody nicer to me than that
1: coach. Nah, oh that
0: coach gosh. was so nice to me. It doesn't hurt that my dad was a very big Marine. <laughs> um, but uh, but he, he said it straight. And so uh, the things that I learned, I learned to stand up for yourself as a man. And um, and those are the kinds of lessons that stuck with me. My biggest teacher was – one of my biggest teachers was my father. Yeah, he was. And um, That's exactly what I was was trying to say at the very beginning. He was one of my biggest teachers.
1: Parents are going to teach their kids no matter whether they're with them or not. That's what I'm trying to say because they're going to catch who you are. They've got your genes. They've got your your makeup, your DNA, you know, a lot. So a lot of them is going to be who you are anyway. If you can give that time to them as well, then you're going to give them your humor and your value system and – You're teaching them all along. So
0: yep, things my dad said. (laughs) You may never start a fight, but you better always finish it. I'm going. I I was left with the ambiguity of how to define starting a fight, but that's a whole other story, (laughs) or several stories. (laughs) Anyway, um, I think this has been a good conversation today. What about you? Is there anything else that you uh, need to talk about? No, I think that's it. You want to wrap this all up? Say something pithy. I tried something pithy, (laughs) and it didn't work. I think
1: we got our point across.
0: So I think we should you're
1: n- you're enough. And grandparents out there too, you are too. You're yeah. gonna be adding pieces in that you don't know until later probably. And but. if you've got a, and if great you don't grandparents even more so. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't,
0: your church community can be helped too. Thanks. Don't forget that. Absolutely.
1: A bomb